Happy New Year from the Whiskey Stories podcast. It's Graeme Gilgard here and I'm joined with Angus, a whiskey fan. Angus, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Graeme. It's uh, great to be here in 2024. Uh, it certainly is. If you're listening to this, we are currently recording this on Friday the 29th of December. But as this is going into your ears, it will be the beginning of another year. And Angus and I are on the Whiskey Stories school trip, Angus. Yeah, absolutely. We're on a... A field trip, we're going to um, Distillers Fair. the Distillers Fair at the Scotch Malt Whiskey, the, the Scottish Whiskey Experience just by uh, the castle here. So we're currently recording at the Castle Esplanade up at Edinburgh Castle. Got lovely views over Edinburgh, uh, many happy memories for us as we <laughs> look Aye. down. Uh, Certainly is, I mean it's packed, it's absolutely packed, there's plenty of tourists around, there's lots and lots of people and I think we've I mean, it's dry, which is the most important. When you're doing an outside broadcast in Edinburgh in December, it's it's not too cold, but it's dry, and we're uh, we're certainly looking forward to some drams to warm us up later on. Yeah, absolutely, really looking forward to uh, um, the fair. The lineup quite incredible. They've got a number of distilleries there, so some familiar names as well. Uh, Ian McLeod Distillers. Um, Glenn Moore's uh, in uh, there. Glenn Moore's in there, and um, Ian McLeod as well. So. Um, as well as Isla Rasse, Annandale, Douglas Lane, uh, Jules Aberfeldy. So some exciting names, some kind of newer distilleries, some older distilleries. Um, so, yeah, going to be really, really interesting to see what the people from them, from from those distilleries have to say and uh, also the drums that they might be offering. <laughs> well, I mean, this is it. I, I haven't... Uh, I, I don't think I've been to the Scotch Whiskey Experience since school, which is a very long time ago now. So I'm part of the... I, I do believe we get the tour as well. We get the silver tour of the Scotch Whiskey Experience. It's a shame we've not got Ross here. Ross is, Ross is still drunk from Christmas, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's not here. Uh, otherwise, he'd been able... I'm sure he's worked at the Scotch Whiskey Experience at some point or other. He's worked everywhere for a guy <laughs> his age. But, uh, I mean, he could put his CV on one roll of toilet uh, paper now with the amount of places he's worked in the whiskey industry. Happy New Year, Ross, if you're listening. But no, it's... Um, I'm looking forward to the tour. I'm looking forward to seeing some of those names that you've talked about, some familiar faces who have maybe been on the show already, and also uh, some some new new people as well. So it's, it's going to be exciting. But Angus, the big question is: Was Santa Claus good to you? Sa- Santa Claus was very good to me. I got a couple of bottles over Christmas, so um, I got a very nice. I've had it before over Christmas, so uh, a repeat order from to Santa on my wish list for a Brucladi Torshakada. Um, which is a peated uh, a kind of standard uh, edition peated whiskey, really really nice lovely toasty toasty smoky whiskey with a real malty, nice malty grainy taste I love it and uh, big fan of Ben Romack as well so I got a Ben Romack 15 which is actually a joint birthday Christmas present, that was very much stated to me um, that was actually my sister that got me that so thank you very much <laughs> Yeah I mean it's, it's a funny one for me I tend to, I do a last minute Christmas shop where I buy too much whiskey for the festive period. Um, this time round, I was kind of, I, I was struggling to get to the um, Royal Mile whiskies uh, up in up in the Royal Mile in Edinburgh. Was, it's it's like I'm a kid in a candy shop in there. And to be perfectly <laughs> honest, I, I I end up losing an hour just browsing and talking. Yeah, it very much is the adult candy shop in Edinburgh. The Royal Mile whiskies, yeah. Uh, it certainly is, but. Uh, this time round, uh, I actually just went to the local co-op round the corner and picked up a nice Glen Grant 10 and a Ben Romick 10. And I think, you know, you, two solid drams there. And one of the things, the reasons I like to go for a, a different type of whiskey there, with Ben Romick being slightly sherry, more sherry and, and smokier, 
was I love making a hot toddy over Christmas time. And my hot toddies, I started early this year, maybe too early, some would say, because by about half past two, three o'clock in the afternoon on Christmas Day, I was I was needing a, I was needing a lie down, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But I like to, uh, lots of ginger beer, lots of honey, some cinnamon sticks in there, maybe some powdered cinnamon as well. Slice a couple of slices of lemon in there to get the lemon juice going, and then I put a big, big glug of the sherried whiskey in there. Ben Romack with that, that sort of smoky flavour gives it that whiskey flavour. Then, nice glug of Glen Grant's in the in the mug as I'm ladling the uh, the hot ginger beer and uh, Ben Romack mixture in there. And yeah, two or three of them certainly warm me up. But I tell you what, uh, yeah, three o'clock on Christmas Day, I was I was ready for my bed. Yeah, that sounds absolutely great, Graham. Yeah, I'm big. Big fan of your hot toddies. I've had them before. Um, excellent. Yeah, no, I've, I've surprisingly drank not too much whiskey over Christmas at all. It's been, uh, although I did have, a, we did make our way through uh, a good portion of a bottle of Aquavit, um, which I have to admit, it was the first time I'd ever tried it. I'm, I have to admit, I wasn't a huge fan. It's got a kind of minty taste, which I, I think in an alcoholic spirit is never really what you're looking for. A bit of an aniseed note, which I do prefer more. Um, but no, Laura was a big fan of that, so uh, <laughs> oh, it was very nice on uh, the 23rd, I think we, we, we made our way through that, a big, big portion of that, there's half a bottle of Baileys still sitting in the fridge, um, so no, it's not that we haven't been drinking over Christmas, it's just uh, uh, there's been kind of other things on the go, if you know what I mean. So. And what better way to, in between that horrible period between Christmas and New Year, to, to bring back all the indigestion I've just got rid of than to go in to the Scotch whiskey experience and... Uh, crack into some more whiskies. Oh yeah, absolutely, really looking forward to this. So uh, join us in a couple of minutes when we'll be inside the Distillers Fair. We've done the tour and now it's on to the main event, the Distillers Fair. And I am joined right now by Luke and Zach from the Drink Cabinet. Guys, how's it been so far? Uh, Crazy, like really busy. A lot busier than we expected, which is absolutely excellent. Non-stop. Non-stop, what about yourself? Yeah, the coolest part about today is that you have such a range of people. You have people on holiday from all over the world. You have whiskey experts coming through, whiskey nerds. Everybody's here, and it's just a really good time to talk about spirits. Now, the drink cabinet, I understand you are showcasing White and Mackay today, but this you are not part of the White and Mackay brand. So, Drink Cabinet is a creativity agency for the drinks uh, trades. So they work with multiple brands as well. They've got a fantastic reputation uh, based out of Glasgow. So today they've asked us to come and work with White and Mackay brands. How long have you guys, how long have you, Zach, how long have you worked for the drink cabinet? Uh, for the drink cabinet, I've worked for them for about six hours now. Wow. So, <laughs> so are you fully aware of what you're doing today then? Yeah, absolutely. So I was in the on-trade for a while. I've done a lot of things uh, internationally with bartending and mixology and spirits and all of that. So... Uh, we are very well versed in the whiskey world, and we're uh, we've worked with White and Mackay for a while and on different projects, and so we are very very familiar with their products. Right, look, what are we showcasing today then? So we've got three malts on inside the White and Mackay portfolio today. We've got Feta Cairn, we've got Dura, and we have got Tam the Boolin as well. So for us, it's been great because these three different malts are really easy drinking for the consumers here today, but they've got a really wide variety of kind of uh, sort of styles in amongst them so they've been fun to work with what do you think has been the most popular so far today Feta Ken 18 year old easily yeah. it's one that won't be opened that bit often uh, a fairly new release still as well so most people are coming over for that 
But I would have to say the one that's been the biggest surprise today has been the Tam Navulin Sauvignon Blanc cask finish because it's really different in terms of the style for a single malt. So those two have certainly led the kind of popularity contest. And do you guys get to have a dram while you're working? Listen, we, <laughs> yes. we have to know our product and we take that very seriously. I, I will say that... Uh, because maybe because of my accent or in spite of my accent, I think that my, one of my favorites of today has been the Jura rye cask because that just captures that rye pepperiness so beautifully well. So we, we're working with some really cool stuff today. Well, Angus and I are actually running a whiskey stories official competition with all the all the exhibitors here today to see who can pour the best dram, the biggest dram, <laughs> basically. So. You know, it's up to yourselves if you want to uh, if you want to indulge us with that competition. We will, we will proudly lose that competition. <laughs> we are we are representing White and Mackay in a way that re- that advocates responsible drinking. Absolutely fantastic. Well, if I was to push you, then if you've worked for the drinks cabinet, you've worked for a few few sort of different brands and organisations, whiskey drinkers. This is a New Year episode that's going out. Okay. What's been your dram of 2023? My drama Twitter. Oh God! Um, what did I open? Do you know what? Actually, as a surprise for me, because actually I've got three kids, so every year we open a bottle for Santa, and I get to go in the attic and pick one out. And this is a surprise. Obviously, like most people, I stick with the single malts, but I actually got down a bottle of uh, Valentine's twenty-one-year-old, and honestly, for a bl- like the smoothest blend I've drunk, I actually really, really enjoyed that. I mean, that went down unbelievably fast. So I've had some great malts this year, but Valentine's 21-year-old as a blend was fantastic. Really, really good. Brilliant. Santa was really appreciative. Good, <laughs> good choice. What about yourself, Zach? Uh, I'm going to go off the books a little bit, and I'm going to say that Abisolo uh, Mexican Corn Whiskey oh, yeah. has been my dram of 23. It's what I've drank the most of, yeah. and it's been incredible. So there's a company called Mangrove here um, in the UK, and they have... They celebrate global whiskies, um, and Abasolo, it's a Mexican uh, malt. Mexican whiskey. It's, yeah, it's, it's different, but it's delicious. That's really what... If you want to go off, tra- off trail a little bit, it's fantastic. Right, well, two, two very interesting sounding drams, and I tell you what, I'm done with the talking, it's time to start a drinking. I'm going to stick in with that Feta Cairn 18, I think. <laughs> okay, I'm back, and I'm joined by Nico and Stephen, who also work for the drink cabinet, but they're showcasing a different brand today. Stephen, what brand are you showcasing today? Uh, so we're showcasing three malts and two blends. Uh, we've got the Glen Rothes, uh, Highland Park 10 years, the Macallan 12-year double, double cask, uh, the famous grouse, the infamous grouse, and uh, Naked Malt as well. Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, so you're, 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 it's Edrington that you're, you're, you're part of. Nico, where are you from? Well, uh, I'm, first of all, I'm most privileged to, to be part of today's events because there is a lot of international people. Most of them no whiskey drinker before. So people are actually approaching the stand knowing McAllen as the most privileged whiskey in the world. 007 had a big, a long guy back then. But obviously, a lot of people don't know that there is a wonderful product like the Glenrothes number 10 which use same kind of standard and working with roots. So sherry roots has an important influence on that. But people are also, also very impressed of how the Viking whiskey, let's call that the Game of Thrones whiskey, actually combined a beautiful balance between the two, the Glenrods and the McAllen. Without any hand or drop of water, it creates an amazing experience. So it's not pitted, it's just smoked. Which so that's Island Park. 
Island Park. Island, Island Park, Park. Uh, absolutely. You're sitting here, and like you say, you've got one, two, three, four, five different brands that you're showcasing, but you've got the one in the middle, the Macallan. That's it. Are you looking to try and show people, look, that you know what the Macallan's like, why don't you try the Glenroth Essen? Is that part of the challenge then? Yeah, that, that was the main challenge because most of them, they're coming here to ask about McAllen. Everyone knows that there is nothing to explain it. That was a beautiful story. But obviously, if you let them start with an, a, wee, a wee test of McAllen and bring them back to Glerotes, which has an influence of sherry cask, but there is no bourbon cask, so there is no sweetness to it, only depth. With a drop of water, it creates a nice, very similar experience. And final touch, Island Park. It's very balanced whiskey, but for the non-peated or smoky whiskey, try an amazing blend, an amazing whiskey, which has been made in the same way since back to then. Yeah. You know, there is nothing else to say. Everyone love it. Everyone Absolutely. Now, if I was to push you, guys, I'm looking. It's a New Year episode. This episode, we're recording this on the 29th of December, but it will be going out as a New Year's bonus episode. But we're looking for your dram of 2023. Stephen, what are you thinking? So, I am definitely on the Highland Park 10. And it's because it's very intense and also very smoky. I've been telling people it's sort of it's got the fire but without the burn. Because although it is very intense and very uh, flavoursome, it's not burn. It doesn't burn. It's the not fire without the burn. Sounds just like Big Angus here. The fire without the burn. What about yourself, Nico? Guys, I'm going to stick just for a second on adding to portfolio. I believe the tradition, it doesn't lie. Like, uh, Island Park with the Viking Scars and Valhalla create an amazing drum for this year but again back to our colleagues White Mackay Fetter Kern 18 I think this is the drum uh, well I'll tell you what you're doing a grand job for uh, the drink cabinet sticking on brand for that as well well done lads I hope it's a good one for the rest of the day cheers and it's friend of the show it's only got bloody Cody Reynolds Cody how are you? I'm happy to be back it's like I never left it's, uh, it's, well, it's, it's literally back to where it all began for you. We're at the Scotch Whiskey Experience, and you know this is this is where you cut your cloth as a or cut your teeth, sorry, as a as a whiskey ambassador. Yeah, every time I try and leave somewhere, I ended up getting dragged back to it. So I'm back at my old digs, bloody talking to you guys again, even though I tried to get away from you as well. You just uh, can't help it. Well, I know. I mean, this, this is it. But you've got quite a collection uh, in front of you here, showcasing. What have we got? What 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 are we what we're sort of looking at? Tom and Tell and Glen Cannon, but what's the big hitters today? Oh, we've got we've got too many. I think I've got just as many bottles under the table as I have on the table. But we've got all of the different whiskies that you can purchase for a wonderful price at the Scotch Whiskey Experience. If anyone ever wants to come along, um, but whole range from Tom and Tell's here, um, pretty much the whole range from Glen Cannon. Not not everything we have. We do have a lot of skews these days, but pretty good liquid on the table across the board. So it's uh, it's pretty good. And you're a married man since the last time we spoke. Yeah, sadly so. I've had a fantastic time since the wedding. The wedding went absolutely perfectly as well. So I uh, really can't complain. It's been, it's been a pretty great Christmas so far. So very good. And has it been a busy period for you? Or is, it, is, is sort of December a quieter time? Or is it still pretty hectic full on? It's kind of a bit of both. So for whiskey work, the start of December is very busy. Basically everything after September to the start of December is incredibly hectic and I had to get married in between that so that just made it worse um, but it does mean that I build up a lot of holidays so I've taken a few weeks before Christmas um, which I really needed and I've been able to sort of just not leave the house stick on Netflix and make my way through some things I had to finish so um, second half has been nice and chill which I really needed so it's been good Well what's been the big hitters today has it been a popular dram by uh, any stretch of imagination here? 
a few. So cigar milk from Tom and Tell's done well. The, the 16 from Tom and Tell as well all, always goes down good just because it's nice and easy drinking, which is often what clientele are looking for at the Scotch whisky experience alongside uh, the White Port as well. And Glencadam's side, the Andalusia always does well. The American Oak um, is on the tour here, so that does, is you know, a great whiskey if you want something a bit lighter and brighter. Uh, and finally, the 15-year-old, which is kind of the flagship from the range. So um, really positive across the board, both brands. It's been excellent so far. Well, this is our New Year's bonus episode. And one of the questions we've been asking everybody is, Dram of 2023, what would that be for you, Cody? God, put me on the spot with that one. Um, oh, I've got a cop-out answer and I'm going to take it. Uh, so... <laughs> For the wedding, uh, our master blender, I gave him uh, eight bottles of Swedish whiskey and he took eight different single malt uh, distilleries from Scotland, which included the wonderful Tom and Tell and Glencadam, and he blended it together for a whiskey uh, exclusively for our wedding, which was incredible. I think the moment made it, but it was very, very uh, well put together and it was um, it will always hold a place, place in my heart. So I've still got a bottle of that back home. Wow, that's fantastic. And if I was to ask you as well, then it was your wedding. What was, in, what was in your hip flask at your own wedding? Uh, I had a, a single cask Lincadam from 1995, which was the year that me and Moa were both born. Uh, for any older listeners, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but for any younger listeners, then I'll, I'll get away with that one. But it was something to keep me topped up. Wow. Well, listen, when it comes, ha- have a good new year. And I hope the rest of your day is fantastic. Cheers, Cody. Thank you. Bye-bye, boys. We've shuffled over to the west coast We're joined by Mark who's showcasing Aaron and Lag Mark, how's it been today? Uh, It's actually been superb This is my first time at this one I usually work all the other uh, events around Scotland I I also run Glasgow's Whiskey Festival at Hamden Park myself Um, So yeah, this has been great Uh, A different crowd from the usual events that I do But um, yeah, everything from complete novice tourists to... Whiskey nerds like yourselves? <laughs> no, we're not nerds. Yes, we're, we're novices. We, we usually have a, a... The man who usually works with us, Ross Barr, he's still hungover from Christmas Day, which is why he couldn't make it today, but he's the expert. We're, we're just the guys that enjoy a drama and a chat. So talk us through what you're showcasing today then. Right, so we've got two distilleries on the Isle of Arran now. We've got the original distillery at La Cranza, uh, built 28 years ago. We've got our new lag distillery built four years ago on the opposite end of the island. Two distilleries, same company, same island, both completely opposite styles of whiskey. So the original Aaron Whiskey Distillery puts out a lighter spirit, more your kind of Speyside style, light, sweet, smooth, easy drinking, but loads of flavour. Our new lag distillery is more your Isla style, uh, heavy, oily spirit, um, heavily peated, it's more of a mainland peat though, so it's more kind of wood smoke rather than your kind of medicinal isla peat, um, but still up 50 ppm upwards, um, but going down really well, especially the sherry cast finish. So I was going to ask you there, out of your sort of, you've got five bottles lined up here, what's been your two main sort of winners today that people have been going for? Um, I'd say two or three. On the original Aaron distillery, we've got the 10-year-old and the sherry cask, always go down a storm. 10-year-old keeps winning awards in everything across the board. He's uh, won loads of awards this year. Um, the lag, uh, as I said, the sherry cast finish, that's going to do an absolute bomb as well because you've got the, that perfect marriage of sherry and peat, which is a classic, one of my favourites. So I love the stuff. Even though it's only three and a half years old, it's a cracker. So with that being a newer distillery, has it been harder to try and get the lag brand out there or 
because it's connected to the Aaron brand, does that make it a lot easier? Oh, no, absolutely. You've got to get that out. A lot of people have still never heard of Lag because it's, it's still a young distillery. Um, obviously, a little bit of confusion. Is it the same company? You know, am I showcasing two different distilleries here from two different companies or is it the same company? Why did the original distillery company decide to build another distillery on Aaron? Lots of questions like that. But now we've got two different, complete opposite styles of whiskey covering pretty much everything from very, very lightest kind of whiskey you can get up to the heaviest, smokiest, cherry cast uh, malt that you can get. So hopefully something for everyone. Right, are, these whisk- are these distilleries open for visitors to come and visit when they're travelling to the Isle of Arran? They are indeed. Uh, and they do have a lot of bottles that you can only get at the distillery. And, you know, you can bottle fr- from the cask at the distillery, all things like that. So well worth going to both distilleries. Do a full tour of the island, north and south. Both, both kinds of whiskey. Have a great day out. Well, it's, uh, this is our bonus episode New Year edition that's going out uh, on, in the 2024. So the question I've been asking everybody so far, to put you on the spot a little bit, <laughs> but what would you say your dram of 2023 has been so far? Um, does it have to be one of my own? Or? <laughs> you can go on brand or whatever. It's no, been, what it's been one going, going on brand, um, the recent uh, limited edition Remnant Renegade that we put out is an absolute cracker. Uh, I love this stuff. Um, other than that, uh, I've tried so many other good whiskeys from other companies, I can't nail one down on the spot. I'm going to go with the Remnant Renegade, even though it is on brand. Oh, that's so, absolutely sorry. fine. No, no, no. And now, finally, we are running a competition with all the other exhibitors. Oh. Who pours the biggest dram? Uh, Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen too many. No. Uh, Please drink responsibly. Yes, course. exactly. Uh, no, but well, listen, 100%. Mark, thank you very much. Hope you have a great pleasure. new year. Thank Thanks you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm now joined by Matt from Lindor's Abbey. Matt, how are you doing? Yeah, all good, thanks. It's been quite a busy day, but good fun. <laughs> it certainly has. I mean, this place, this room's never really been a, a quiet room. How long? When did you arrive here this morning? Uh, just about five to nine. Five to nine, and we're now sitting here at ten past four in the afternoon. My train's in an hour, so it's all good. I'm, I'm going to be having to leave slightly early, sadly. <laughs> oh, well, I'll not keep you too long, but Lindor's Abbey, right. So we're looking here at a very new distillery in Fife. However, when I say new, you've got plenty of bottles available now because it's been been going for a little bit longer than new as such isn't it yeah pretty much i mean we turned six uh, nine days ago so the numbers are beginning to rack up and now those casks that we were kind of seeing potential in there's a lot of them are now like some of our private casks getting to the point where kind of we need to take them out because we're tasting them and going they're not just nearly ready they're now kind of good to go um, and obviously with our history before mixing and blending our casks together what i love about it and why i joined it in the first place was I tried the three-and-a-half-year-old single malt and went, well, if that's what a three-and-a-half-year-old tastes like, I certainly want to find out what the 10, 12, 15, 18 tastes like because, and I've said it before to plenty of people, I'd put a three-and-a-half-year-old single malt up against kind of any 10-year-old out there. It won't be better than the malt, but it's kind of certainly punching in the weight category, that's for sure. Certainly is. Now, tell us a little bit about the history to Lindor's Abbey because it does have quite a unique history for a distillery in Scotland. Yeah, that's for sure. I think it's one of the main reasons, one of the things that really attracted me to it when I went there. If you go to do a distillery tour, you see kind of the similar things, the equipment, the maturation, etc. The one thing that we have slightly differently is we place a massive emphasis on why we're there in the first place, what put us there. The bottom line is we're called Lindor's Abbey Distillery for a reason. Without Lindor's Abbey, there is no Lindor's Abbey Distillery. And it's because of one guy, a man called Friar John Corr, who in 1494 
thank goodness for us, made Aqua Vito for the King of Scotland and got it written in a tax record. Obviously, being whiskey, it was going to be a tax record because why would it be anything else, uh, quite frankly? But because of that, and it eventually got discovered, written down and put in a book uh, by the author Michael Jackson, our owners figured it out in 1999, and eventually, 18 years later, we started producing Spirit again. It took a very long time, yeah. uh, but we got there in the end, and happily, the Spirit that's coming out is... Uh, Pretty good. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned Aquavita there. Quite a lot of new distilleries. They tend to go down the gin route yeah. first, get gin out there. But Aquavita, quite a unique spirit uh, from the recipe, I believe, or, or, or close recipe to the original. Yeah, kind of the closest we can. Unfortunately, with the Reformation, one of the biggest issues is written records specifically relating to the Abbey. Uh, think a big bonfire and you're pretty close, unfortunately, to what happened. But there are enough written records from other similar liquids being produced across UK and Europe that we could kind of get as close as we can and basically what did they have they had fruits they had spices they had herbs they were grown and it's simple a case of experimentation like we do today with casks chuck it in and when it tastes good bottle it they had, they had lots of thirsty fifers as well that's a darn sure that's for sure yeah. <laughs> one of the things if you want to find out who made it, if you want to find out any origins of alcohol generally speaking there's a bunch of monks at the beginning of it, and in Scotland, we're certainly no exception. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I mean, Fife is becoming quite a hotbed for whiskey. You've got so many more distilleries now. You've yeah. got Linder's Abbey, Daft Mill, Eden Mill, uh, Barnes, King's Barnes, Inch Darnay now as well. Plus, then you've got the sort of the bigger, the, the, the Diageo, Cameron, Cameron Bridge. Also, on top of that, the storage that goes on in Fife now as well for cast yeah. matches. Do you think there's a case for Fife being a recognised region of whiskey in Scotland? Ah, uh, that question. Yeah, get that a lot. Um, yes, but not yet. I think, yes, we have a lot of distilleries, and, and yes, I mean, realistically, we're all doing quite good stuff. However, there's only one of the distilleries has reached double figures in age. So I think until we can all kind of get through our teens, if you like, get through our teenage years and kind of prove ourselves as established brands with a clear individual style then yes, absolutely. But I don't necessarily foresee that yet. I think still very much contained within the brand of the Lowlands. One of the real attractions Fife has as an individual region, if you've ever been around there in kind of late August, early September, the whole county turns gold. Because yeah. you want to go somewhere that grows barley, Fife is your place. You drive home on a kind of summer's evening and all you just see is golden fields just blowing in the wind in every direction. And that is a big attraction for us. You get that in East Lothian too, though. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, but they've not got any distilleries, so get up them, right? Pfeiffer's are nicer people as well, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've also got extra, we've got extra fingers too. But you've got uh, one, two, three, four, five. You've got five bottles here. Yep. What are we kind of exhibiting today then? Yes, yeah, so it's kind of very six, much on. Sorry, you've got the... Yeah, yeah. Well. everywhere I go, I take the new make. It's January 2020, it was an, a blind taste test voted as the best new make in the country. So everywhere we go, we take it and show it off because at the end of the day, that is the DNA for all these other five bottles. It all starts off. As that. That is the rich, fruity component that we start with. The whiskies I've got with me are our kind of ever, ever, evergreen core, our core product, our MCDX CIV, the 1494, that kind of important written date. Uses a blend or a vatting together of our three main cast types first of all, bourbons, first of all, Oloroso sherries, and first of all, what we call STR red wine barriques, those recharged red wine barriques, predominantly from Spain and Portugal in this set. So we release them as individual flavor profiles along with that vatting together. And then the, the little sneaky black number on the end is our Friar John Core. Now, this is our Chapter 2 uh, release. It's something that will be coming uh, fairly frequently over the next few years anyway. And it's a chance for us to kind of show off a slightly more experimental cast type. So in this case, it's a vatting together of three cast types. 
First of all, bourbons. First of all, STR red wines. And some of our pretty funky ex-rum peated casks. So cask previously used for rum, then used by an Isla distillery. And then we got our scrawny little hands on it as well. And get a really gentle, very delicate, smoky characteristic. Being a lowland distillery, full peated spirits are not necessarily going to be a thing. Who knows? A lot of history to go still yeah. for us. But adding this very, very gentle, very subtle smoke around a really fruit-driven new make gives us a beautiful characteristic. It's very light, very refreshing. And I think my dad paid it the best compliment. He hates peated whiskey. He loves that. Well, I'm gonna... as he said, it's not quite the same. Well, that's, I think that's the one I've not tried of Lindor's Labs. I'm going to give that a try. Fix that, but what I will ask you, this episode is going out early January, first week in January. It's a 2024 special edition bonus episode for our listeners. I'm asking everybody, what has been your dram of 2023? Well, I'm going to have to be slightly biased and say there's two. Uh, sorry, make life difficult for you. Um, number one would be actually one of our latest distillery exclusives. It's a five-year-old full-matured single-cask ruby port. And it's just all things sweet, raspberry, strawberry, frangipan, a little bit of dark chocolate, utterly moorish. 59.9% is super easy going. And then outside of that, I've got to be honest, I've got to give a big shout out to the guys at Glen Caddam. They produced a, a no age statement PX cask that I tried uh, about a month ago at Sterling. And quite frankly, at the price point, it absolutely blew my mind. It is a top, top class dram. Uh, I, think, I think we've tried that as well. Can you just keep that one quiet, maybe? Don't tell too many people. The word got run really quickly because it just won best no age statement whiskey of the year, I think. Yeah. yeah. Literally, after I'd had the conversation with Ian saying, by the way, that drama of yours is spectacular. And then next day in the news, I was like, oh, turns out I might not be as useless as I think I am. <laughs> and are we expecting to see lots more from Lindor's Abbey in, the, in 2024? Oh, there's always going to be some uh, interesting and exciting uh, single cast distiller exclusives kicking around. And. You know, as our casks age, it's only getting better at the minute. Absolutely. Well, Matt, thank you so much for that. That's been great. I'm looking forward to this, this dram I'm about to have. Cheers. Well, the drams are flowing, and I am now at the Douglas Lane stand with Carol. Carol, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Now, how's your afternoon been? How's your day been here? It's getting late on in the day now. We're sitting at, oh, it's 20 past five already. It's, the legs are getting tired, I have to say. But no, it's been a really good steady day. It's been a nice flow. Um, sometimes when you do whiskey shows, everybody piles on you at once. But no, it's been very good. It still has. I mean, it's been interesting. Angus and I have, we were on the 10 past two tour. Okay. I think, I think there's only another group over in the corner there that were also on the 10 past two tour. Everyone else has kind of... Been, been and gone exactly but we're enjoying the, the the whiskey we're enjoying the chat so tell us a little bit about douglas lane then okay so we're an independent bottler based in glasgow family owned third generation and we celebrated our 75th um, birthday this year um so we basically create a range of remarkable remarkable regional malts as we call them but we buy casks from all the distilleries and then we blend them into our blended malts, which is what you have here. We also do single casks under different labels, etc. So, yeah, we uh, pretty much bottle anything that we've got our hands on. Well, but I mean, there's something we've talked about a lot on the podcast about how many independent bottlers there are. Yeah. There's a few in here as well, as well as yourselves today. But being 75 years in the business yes. must mean you're kind of at the... You've got the stamp of approval, so to speak. Well, let's just say we have quite a few casks, yes. I can imagine. <laughs> so tell us, we've got what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six. We've got six different bottles up here. What are we, what we dealing with here? So these are the regional malts. We start down at the bottom here with Epicurean. That's our lowland blend. Um, we can't tell you what's in that, but you can probably guess from a lowland status what's in there. 
Then we move into Highland, and we can tell you that that's got a bit of Glengarry, a, bl- a bit of uh, Glengoin, and a bit of Dalmore in there. It's on the label on the bottle, but there's a month, there's other uh, whiskies going to that as well. Then we have Scallywag, which is our Speyside. Um, in there, you have a little bit of Macallan, a little bit of Mortlock, a bit of Glenrothes, amongst others. Fine. Then we have Goldrens, which is our Campbelltown. Um, again, we can't say what's in there, but you can probably guess because yeah. there's not that many distilleries. <laughs> we then have Rock, I- uh, Rock Island, which is actually our island expression. I know it's not a region in its own right, but because it's part of Highland, we wanted to, to create a range that was unique to the islands because they are unique in their own right. And then finally, we have Big Pete, who started the whole journey um, in the regional malts, and that's our Isla expression. And what out of these today? Have you seen a, a trend in the most popular? Very much the Scallywag, um, the space side. It's been sherry finished as well, so that's that's definitely the, the out and out supply um, or success story of today. Although in saying that, Goldens is a close short second, just because they were the only Campbelltown in the room. So when people come out of the the um, the, the tour, they want to cover all the main regions, and we're the only one with a Campbelltown. So. Well, during the scratch and sniff test this afternoon during the tour. Angus did put his hand up to say that he enjoyed the, the smell of the Campbelltown, didn't you, Angus? Yeah, no, I, I like a maritime malt, and uh, I just thought I'd be a wee bit different as usual. Um, I was going to say the success of your space side, the Scallywag, it's not just because it's got a dog on the bottle, is it? Is that, that? Does, that does help. That's Binks, <laughs> Binks the family dog, so it does help, I have to so, say. So you've, you've not long started working with Douglas Lane then, so what brought you into the company? So, obviously, just I love whiskey. I started out my career in wine, um, so educated the palate on all the different flavours and just decided to move it into whiskey. The opportunity came up for me to join the company and I thought I'll use my skills in whiskey. Um, and, yeah, it works really well. So what's a day-to-day look like for you? Is it going out and exhibiting like these? Are you working with other companies who are selling the brand? Are you educating people? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that. So I'm the UK sales manager. I've got a couple of guys work for me. So they go around all the specialist bottle shops and selling the range in. We also um, look after some of the on-trade accounts as well. I personally look after the grocery channel and what we call route to market, so your usual wholesaler uh, operations as well. So yeah, very much a finger in, in all the different channels of, of, of the um, distribution. Now, just out of interest, I don't know if you'd know the exact number, but I mean, on a month-to-month basis or on a quarterly or a yearly basis, just how many casks of whiskey are Douglas Lane kind of bottling at the well, to be honest, I wouldn't even begin to know that. So we have our own bottling line in Hillington, um, and it's pretty much runs four days a week, um, eight, eight o'clock till six. Um, so yeah, there's probably quite a lot of casks getting bottled. I can imagine. Now, we've been asking everybody in the room that we've been speaking to, it's, uh, this is a New Year's episode, first episode we'll be putting out in 2024, but we've been asking all the exhibitors, and we give them a bit of leeway whether they want to stay on brand or if they want one or two. But what has been your dram of 2023? So for me, it was, it's got to be the one that, that first came out the day I joined the company. And that was our Big Peak Facial um, Edition, which was the first uh, wine, red wine cask finished Big Peak. Um, and we, it sold out. Uh, the, the, it was a limited edition and it sold out already. You might be able to get some in store. But yeah, it was a, a really good one. And the labelling has won loads of awards as well. And if the head hegians at Douglas Lane weren't listening to you right now, what would you say was your drama 2023 that you've personally enjoyed? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's still the same drama. Still the same yeah. one. She's got a gun at her back, folks. <laughs> no, she's not. Carol, listen, thank you so much for that. Hope you have a wonderful new year. Cheers. You too, thank you. Cheers. I'm now at the Speyside Distillery. It's 
It's the only time I've been able to get in because it's been so quiet uh, just now. It's been that busy during the during the day. But I've got Andrew here. Andrew, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. It's been a fantastic festival so far. It's a bit of a hidden gem. This festival, nobody really knows about it. So it's always good to end the year with this one. It certainly is. I mean, Angus and I were we were kind of at a loose end. We're at that sticky position where we're just between Christmas and New Year. The heartburn and indigestion has only just subsided, but I think I'll be struggling tomorrow when I wake up. But, I mean, has it been a, a successful day for yourself? No, it's, it's timed perfectly because, uh, as you say, it's sort of middle of December, things quiet down and it doesn't get started till near the end of January. So it's a bit of a quiet period, but for me, this is perfectly timed. Middle of uh, the Christmas to New Year period, a bit of a dead time normally, so having a whiskey festival one's great. And a bit of a different vibe with this one, seeing as it's, it's such a tourist central area. I mean, we we got to enjoy the the tour this afternoon before the before getting to the. I mean, we were kind of champing at the bit to get through the tour so we could get to this bit because we knew what was waiting for us at the end of it. Albeit the tour was absolutely fantastic, I should say. But is it different having tourists, heavy audience versus a sort of whiskey fan audience? Oh, definitely. Yeah, most of the UK festivals you'll find it's um, whiskey fans. Well, here it's people who just want to know about Scotland and whiskey is just part of their journey. So, yeah, it's fantastic. Every 45 minutes you get a, a whole new raft of people coming in the door and they're just saying, um, I like the one from the tour, i.e. Spay. What have you got? And then it gives a good kind of open for us to go and say, oh, try this or this or this. So, yeah, it's, I, I think it's a great uh, customer profile at this particular festival and it suits our brand very well. So how long have you worked for Speyside Distillery then? Uh, so I've been there for about a year and a half now. So it was uh, August 22. have to count that because the time flies. It's like, yeah. Certainly does. And, I mean, it must be a real easy selling point when you go to the, this tour and they go through the, the different regions of whiskey and Speyside is one of them. And then you come in here and you see the Speyside Distillery it must be I, I must admit it's been very difficult to try and find an opportunity or a, a time to come and speak to you because it seems to be in this little corner you've been very very busy today yeah it works really well our name um, sometimes confuses people because we're Speyside Distillery from the Speyside region and the brand is Spey but yeah the, the tour preps the customers perfectly for us so they come in see Spey and then I've got them at the table and I can explain in more detail who we are and what we do yeah it's great so what have we got today then? You've got a few different bottles up there. Was it one, two, three, four, five, six bottles, is it? Yeah, we've got a couple of doublers there, but essentially we've got the core range, which is the Latin range. Uh, so Tritina, the bourbon cask, the Tenny, which is the tawny port cask finish, and the Fumari, which is the peated Speyside. Then we've got the Chairman's Choice, which is also a core range, and we've got a special edition 10-year-old, which is a, a limited edition bourbon cask. That's a five we have. And out of all of them today, have you? is there one that's maybe been quite a popular one so far? And I've just forgotten what other brand, the Bendu. So the Bendu is the six bottle. It's finished now, but yeah, that is our other brand from Speyside Distillery. And it's kind of always forgotten about. But yeah, it's a very, as you can see, it's finished. So it's been very popular. So has that been, has that been the one that most people have gone towards? Or is there a sort of mix? People come up and say, I, need, I like something sweet. And to be honest, that's our sweetest whiskey. So I've been pouring that one and it's gone down a treat because... People, you want to try and get people uh, interested in whiskey so I don't want to give our strongest whiskey straight away so Bendu is a great introduction for people who are not used to whiskey it's kind of a, a sweeter whiskey a bit softer as well and the Speyside Distillery then I'm assuming is it a place that people can come and visit mm, uh, can, you, can, you can book a tour via our shop The Snug in Aviemore but essentially we are 
only doing tours Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So yeah, you have to go through the snug to book a tour, and even then it's quite limited. So yeah, I wouldn't say we're we're wide open, but we are open if you're you're keen to do a tour. And how's the best? What's the best way for people to find you, the uh, Spay Speyside Distillery, and your and your Ben Do? He's uh, talking retail wise. Um, so depending on what part of Scotland you're in, um, I would say Edinburgh's quite a big focus for us. So in the, if you go anywhere in the Royal Mile, any of the shops you'll find us. Uh, and then up north as well, round about the Speyside region, all the retail shops will, will probably have us stocked as well. Right, I'm going to put you on the spot now. It's uh, the last episode. We're recording this on 29th of December 2023. It's going out in the first week of December, uh, January, sorry, 2024. What has been your dram of 2023? You, I'll give you, we're giving most people two options. You can go on brand and off brand or whatever if you've got, and if you've got a story behind it, even better. So I'll go on brand first and I'll say the Spey Fumari. Um, this has been my favourite whiskey to promote this year because it's so uh, surprising for people to have a Speyside whiskey that's peated and also such an excellent whiskey. I think, in my opinion, it's one of the best peated Speysides on the market. But I just want people to try it because it's that good. So if you like you like PT whiskey and you like Space Age whiskey, this could be the perfect kind of fit for both. But yeah, well worth a try. Spay Fumari. And personally, have you got one that maybe off-brand that you've enjoyed this year or, or, or gone to every, every so often? Yeah, I'd say this is one of... Um, I would say it's from a zero to a hero kind of story because uh, it's, a, it's a distillery I never really took to initially. Uh, it's actually Royal Brackler, 12-year-old Oloroso. Uh, I tried previous versions of Royal Brackler and I wasn't, it wasn't my uh, cup of tea, put that way. But this Oloroso one is unbelievable. It's uh, from a whiskey I would not order. It's now right at the top of my list. So the 12-year-old Oloroso Royal Brackler is my off-brand whiskey of the year. Right, well, I'll tell you what, we'll not keep you too long. I know you want to get home and put your feet up after a long day. Thank you very much for that. Cheers. Well, thank you. Cheers. I'm with John Moffat now at Glenmore Spirits, who's showcasing quite a few different whiskies today, but mainly Whiskey Road. John, on rare find as well. How's things? Yeah, good today. Uh, it's been a long year. Uh, it's been a long day today, but still got some energy, tasting some nice drams and uh, chatting to some lovely people. So I'm good. I have to say, we've been trying to get a right time to come and speak to you, but it seems that constantly everyone's been flocking around this uh, this stand here and you've you've been yourself and every time I see you you're so animated when you're talking about it you can really see the passion when you're talking about the whiskey yeah 100% uh, I, I always joke what a, what a lack of knowledge I make up for and enthusiasm um, but no it's been good today we're uh, we're one of the, the only or, or few indies at this uh, distillers fair today so it's nice to talk to the uh, to the guests and, and, and the, the attendees about what independent bottling is what the history of blending is um, and why it's something that's you know been around as long as whiskey um, a, a lot of people are surprised to hear that the big distillery names that, that they recognise now have never really been a thing until the, the 50s and 60s so um, it's nice to talk about that history and, uh, and how we're tied into it and can, carrying on that tradition for sure and I take it Spirits Manager Greg Urquhart friend of the show he, he couldn't make it to help you out today well you know we, we do we do manage to, uh, to keep ourselves balanced um, I think the last couple of times he's jumped in for me he seems to have missed uh, some big football final um, he did miss the World Cup final um, for doing a, a favour for me so I felt like I should, I should represent this one 
And so what have we got today then? What are you, what are you showcasing? Well, we showcase the range that we have uh, within the Scotch whisky experience. So um, the whisky row, three skews there, the smooth and sweet, the rich and spicy and the smoke and peat, blended malts. Um, and then we've got a, a, a rare find on, on the table today, which is an unusual for, uh, one for us. The first time we've ever put a blended Scotch into rare fine glass. Um, Greg made that choice based purely on, 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 on quality, on flavour um, and, and what that cask was delivering um, but we learned some pretty interesting things about the, the cask along the way um, and it definitely justifies being under the rare fine bottle so quite an exciting dram. Well I mean we, we spoke to Greg a couple of weeks ago on the, on the podcast he was talking about his job, what he does, he says about how he's a, he's a, you know he makes whiskey basically and how he curates and puts together the flavour profile so what what's been, I mean the rare find here, what, what we're talking about here, we've got a, a 34-year-old there. I mean, that looks absolutely fantastic. And we've also got a, a, a 10-year-old low and single malt as well. Has that, are those, has the rare find been the big one today? Uh, I think so. It's always the one that people flock to. It's the one that's got the age statement. Um, the 34-year-old's the, the oldest thing we've got possibly in the room. I've not properly gone round there. It's certainly the oldest thing on the table. Um, but that starts the conversation and it gets people trying things that are maybe a bit more affordable for, for their pocket. Um, that 34-year-old blend, though, has been a, a, a learning curve for me, um, something that was blended at birth. So I, th- I believe it's a one quarter uh, single grain and then three, um, three single malts blended in equal measures into cask 34 years ago and then been sitting maturing with just time and patience. Um, so it's an interesting story to tell not only about rare find and single cask but also about what blended scotch can be and the quality that you can get um, off the back of that um, the 10 year old is the start of the show we had to pull that up to talk just now it's gone I don't think there's anything left in the shop downstairs and there's nothing left in our warehouse either um, that's been my maybe drama of the year from us for sure well I mean talking about warehousing it gets me very excited um, when, when you get a chance I've been lucky enough to walk into your warehouse that you've got and you see some of the casks that are sitting there it must be such an exciting prospect for you well it is uh, you know Greg's the, the man to talk about with that he looks after uh, uh, the, the, the steering and, and, and putting the next phase of the business into action about how we we, we go into the next phase of cask finishing and, and all the re-racking and management of that, that growing spirit cask inventory um, for me the, the most important thing is uh, being involved in the liquid um, from a release point of view and then selling it out to, to the consumers and having the story to tell about why we've put it in bottle and what makes us you know um, not necessarily unique from from a, an independence perspective but certainly we, we can talk about what makes us passionate about about working with Glenmore and working about the product that we've got for sure and what exciting things can we look forward to in 2024 from from Glenmore from oh, Whiskey Row from Rare Find well, if you can if you can spill the beans do you know I think I think we're moving as I say to the next stage there's a lot of our casks are, are coming to, to maturity where we've got our own stamp on them now where we're actually putting things things into finish and um, I think we've got quite a stretching release target for rare finds and um, whiskey rose moving on to the next level with uh, batch four which we're actually bringing back into uh, into uh, cask um, uh, after it's blended it's going back into cask for a period which we've never done before um, oh. Ten minute warning. <laughs> right, I guess get your bucket. <laughs> exactly, let's get pouring. Uh, so yeah, look, we've got ten minutes left to chat. No, I. Uh, the thing that most excites me, and it's the, the thing I'll finish on. Um, this has been a wee project for me. It's an under table dram today. Normally you bring the big, big, expensive stuff, and uh, but this is uh, 
a really accessible 10-year-old blended scotch. Leaf um, whiskey then? Leaf. Absolutely. So it's a relaunching of the Leaf Whiskey brand. Um, we've gone back to Tall Round, to Simple Branding, to, to, to putting all the cost of the, 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 the package together is about the liquid inside it, not in the packaging. Um, I think this is already sold in a month of release more than our previous Leaf Whiskey did. Um, and I'm looking forward to taking that out into shows um, from my perspective because I've had a lot to do with this project. So I'm quite excited by Brilliant. the legacy. So that's me. If I was to push you then, one of the things we've asked all our, all our exhibitors that we've talked to today, I think you've already mentioned it. Maybe you might come back to it if you're staying on brand. Yeah. But we're looking for it's the sort of end of the year. What has been your 2023 top dram? Uh, well, from, from a Glenmore perspective, uh, I think yeah, the Lowland 10 has been an absolute hit for me, um, not just from my own enjoyment, but from the customer feedback. Um, from myself out in the wild, uh, I've, I've got to go. He's, he's, he's a pal and he's just around the corner, but Woody's, uh, Woodrow's of Edinburgh, um, he's put out consistently amazing uh, casks and uh, his Manic Moor 13, I think he put out, was, was pretty exceptional. So nothing too, uh, too aged or too chunky on the price point, but just good quality, uh, juicy drams that you can go back to. That's, that's been the enjoyable part. Brilliant, John. Well, you've got 10 minutes left. Then your, your day's over and you can sit back and enjoy a dram yourself. Thanks very much and hope you have a great new year. Yeah, cheers. cheers, pal. I appreciate it. We're at the Ian McLeod Distillers section here and we've got, well, it's Glenn Goyne, Smokehead and Tam Do, And I've got Gordon Dallas and Philip here. How are we doing, lads? Well, not bad. We've, we've got one minute to go. So well, One minute to go. You've poured yourself a dram. Have you been on the drams this afternoon or is this the first of the day? Just the first of the day. Of course, it is the professional to the last. Uh, and you can hear the voices going. So just the one for a... A throat lubrication. Thank absolutely, you absolutely. And that's the story. Yeah, I've, I've more than made up for that on your behalf, Gordon. I've, I've, I've definitely had more than one. So what time was it arrival, Philip? What time did you guys get here this morning? Um, st- well, it was kind of 9.30 was kind of kick-off time for, for us lot. But yeah, um, I didn't quite get here for 9.30. Um, and uh, yeah, Punter's been in since 10, and this is 6 o'clock, just kind of finishing things up now. So yeah. It's been a long day, but would you say, Gordon, it's been a successful day for yourself? Oh, yeah, I love it. It's, it's a great fear to come to you. Technically, I'm on holiday this week, you know, but I always come. I think it's my sixth time now to come along here. It's a, it's a lovely, compact little festival, top of the Scottish whisky experience. A lot of international customers. Some know nothing about whisky, others know quite a lot, and some from this country, some from the uh, Americas, Europe. So it's a real diverse mix. That's what makes this quite a special. Uh, festival. It's the conversations, isn't it, that really makes the day. You just have these amazing chats from people from all over the world who are just really geeky, really passionate. That's that's what makes it such a fun day. Yeah, I, I was. Um, there's a good book Dave Broom wrote called Whiskey the Manual, and he, he, uh, is it whiskey? Man- anyway, he gets whiskey and matches it with is it Coca Cola, uh, coconut water, uh, green tea, and see that's how whiskey's consumed around the world. Today, group of Brazilian folk in. And I said I was reading Dave Broom's book. Do you guys drink the whiskey with coconut water? She said, yes, we do. But I put uh, coconut water into the freezer. Have ice cubes with coconut water and put that into my whiskey. And that's how I drink whiskey in a hot country like Brazil. So it's these little stories you pick up. Absolutely. I mean, it's fantastic. Now, tell us about what you're showcasing today. So we've got the Smokehead, we've got the Tamdu, and we've got the Glen Goyne. What one do you think 
has been one of the more successes today? Oh, it has to be the Tamdu distinction. I think it's in that American oak, that Quercus Alba. A, a Tamdu, is, as I'm sure many people know, is that really sherried whiskey. But there's something about the wood there, that American oak, that's just kind of adding that extra layer to it as well. And it's, I suppose as well, because it's a bit more of a limited one, it's that bit more special too. But yeah, the feedback on that has been well, phenomenal today. Well, it's empty, <laughs> exactly. That's well, a good and I think sign. people talk about the sherry casks and they love the sherry cask story and the sherry... What's lovely about the distinction is taking sherry casks, but only ones that have been made of American oak. That's all. And so it drills into the story of sherry casks just a little bit deeper than just sherry cask matured whiskey. So for me, it's a lovely one to say all sherry casks are not the same. Try out this, and it's only American oak sherry casks. So it's done very well. Something that, uh, Gordon, you've, how long have you been working in the, in the industry? How long have you been working for Ian McLeod Distillers as well? Well, my boss would be delighted you had said the word work. Because I, you know, <laughs> he actually maybe doesn't think I, I turn up. I'm here. But that's very nice of you saying work. <laughs> yeah, I think this will be my 10th year coming up now. Uh, so, first three, four years at Glengoyne as a tour guide. And then, you know, I was almost, if you've ever seen the TV show Charlie's Angels, they were traffic cops and Charlie came along and took them off the beat. A little bit like myself, I get taken off the beat and then it moved up into the uh, international whiskey drinking collective. Fantastic. So, you've also got the Glen Goyne here. What, what, tell us about the Glen Goyne. Tell us something about the Glen Goyne that people listening might not fully know. You've got the 15-year-old and you've got the 10 here. Glengoyne has been going since 1833. Five Scottish owners, all independent for the 190 years of its production. And one of the few distilleries to remain open, apart from the war years, World War I, World War II, at constant production since 1833. Not unique, but it's unusual. You know, that's, that's a, the lovely story. And it's just a very slow produced whiskey. We keep the spirit in, or the vapour in the spirit still longer than, than most to get that clean, fresh flavour. So it's a wonderful uh, heritage brand, but still looking fresh today. And were you able to be on set when the still game cast and characters turned up? With the Clark Gable whiskey, you mean? Filter through the heather. Oh, I, yes, I just missed that one, but I, 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 yes, I did. In my past life, I did know Ford and Greg. Uh, a bit, that was a great episode. And it's surprising, even abroad, people come up to me and say, it's just the still game whiskey. Uh, How do you know? They know about the Angel Share as well, the movie. So, the one with Ken Loach, and, you know, it's, it's they know about that as well. So, yes. Now, you've had one dram so far, you're saying. But how many would it take for you to reveal what the Isla Distillery is that goes in? to your smokehead well I think it'd be about 10 and a feather <laughs> I'm not saying what you do with the feather but it could be a uh, uh, smokehead again it gets to Ian McLeod before they bought Glengoyne in 2003 they were independent bottlers like Douglas laying across there uh, and smokehead fits that tradition it was brought in in the early 2000 2006 2007 so it harks back to that tradition of acquiring whiskey and independently bottling it and that's what we do. We get great whiskey from Isla, bottle it with a skull on it, which has caused quite a right. ripple today. And it's a bit of fun, a bit of rebellious. Not for everyone. There's a gentleman there from India who said he would not buy this. He likes it, but he wouldn't buy it. It's fine. It's go. not for everyone. No. It's a different style of marketing. So that's... But it would take a whole lot... A lot. ...to me to, to reveal that. He's nodding and winking at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to push you here. You can... We're happy to give everybody two options, but we're asking as it's coming up for the new year, 
What has been your dram? I'll start with you, Phil. What has been your dram of 2023? Um, if I'm to be on brand, then um, Glengoyne 15, uh, which came out this year and is a lovely dram. But if I'm to be off brand, and I'm going to show off slightly, um, I was lucky enough to be drinking Lark whiskey um, at the distillery in Tasmania earlier this year. And that was pretty phenomenal, I have to say. It was, uh, it was their wine cask finish. And it was, I'm a sucker for a wine cask finish whiskey anyway. And it was bliss. Amazing. Brilliant. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, to be, as you say, on brand, as we, as we say, <laughs> uh, again, I'm lucky to do the Tamdu Tours, Speyside Festival this year. Tamdu walked off with the Spirit of Speyside Festival, 12-year-olds and 18-year-olds. The 18 Tamdu, simply sensational for, for our part of you. And yeah, my dram of 2023, you're lucky to drink so many. I, 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 can, I can hardly pull one out. And I would... I was having... I was abroad having a Glenallachy uh, and they had a it was a blend actually I'll go they've got lots of great whiskies there but it was one of the blends it was an 18 year old blend superb because I just love that category it I think is a category to look out for in 2024 there's companies like ourselves and Glenallachy and Compass Box trying to elevate blended whiskies away from what they've been and having a drink of that I thought yes we do it with Sky. They're doing it as well with this 18. That blended category is on the move, and I, I think that might be my drama 2023. Right, well, it's a great conversation. Listen, lads, what? you've made it. It's after six o'clock. It's time to go home, or it's time to crack open the whiskies and get more, more of those drums going, guys. <laughs> it's closing time, but we've still got a little bit of time left to have a chat with Victoria from Annadale Distillery. Victoria, how's your day been? Oh, it's been really, really good. Really nice. It's nice to meet people from all over the world. Um, we met people from Lebanon. It was fantastic. I mean, that is one of the things that most people we've spoken to today have said about this this distiller's fair is the fact that it's it's unique in the sense that like other whiskey unlike other whiskey festivals where you get maybe whiskey anoraks coming along this is one where a lot of tourists a lot of people have traveled so it must be really really nice to be able to showcase your whiskey to people from all over the world it is because a lot of people haven't heard of annandale because it's been shut for a hundred years and david thompson the current owner has just opened it up again and so we have to go and take ourselves out into the world and be like hi we're back <laughs> well tell us a little bit about annandale distillery then for anybody who's listening to this who's maybe not heard of the distillery what's the story behind it and how can we find out more about it so the distillery was built in 1836 and ran rather successfully all the way through the 19th century. Its last owner before it was mothballed was uh, Johnny Walker and Sons. It was actually Johnny Walker's son. But after the First World War and all the temperance movement and everything, it just wasn't a viable distillery anymore. So Johnny Walker let it go and it was mothballed for the better part of a century. Our current owner, Professor David Thompson, uh, as a chemist and he found out about the distillery from a book called uh, Scotch Mist which is a famous book about mothballed distilleries they came to Dumfries they saw the distillery and it was in a very very sorry state and it took seven years and a considerable sum of money to bring the distillery back to life it's a listed building so it came with a lot of aches and pains but they filled the first cask in November 2014 and now we've got an eight-year-old, which is great. Fantastic. And so, so just, it is a, a distillery based down in, in the Dumfries area then of, of Scotland. So that qualifies as a lowland malt then, I take it? It qualifies as a lowland malt, but if you go by the tasting card that they hand out here, we're nothing like that. 
So what we do at Annandale Distillery is single cask, cask strength, single malt, which is really exposing. So we have to make sure that the spirit is excellent and we have to make sure that we select the best cask we possibly can because there's no throwing casks together to hide this or hide that. We're really naked out there. So we've got a really fantastic cask programme and we're picking casks from wine industry in France. We've got Chateau Latour, Chateau Neuf de Pape, Mouton Rothschild. Uh, we've got some wacky casks, tequila casks, Bareface from Canada. Um, yeah, our oak programme is really important to us because we're we need it. And you're cask custodian then for the distillery. So you look after and manage or deal with these casks or is it for people who can buy casks from the distillery direct? So it's for people that can buy casks from the distillery directly. We currently have in our 19th century bonded warehouse about one and a half, yeah, 1,500 casks. That's about right. Um, we've got hundreds of distillery owners now. The reasons they buy casks are varied and wide um, some of them buy them just for the sheer love of it because it's whiskey groups and some of them are looking for a little uh, addition to their portfolios um, so sometimes they go to a broker and sometimes they just want the ownership experience what, what, if someone's listening to this that fancies getting involved in that what, what, what's the sort of entry level what are the starting prices for anybody who's interested in getting their hands on, on a cask of your own um, they start at currently I'll change throughout the year but I'll currently start at about 3,400 that's for your standard 200 litre bourbon cask and tell us about what you're showcasing today then because there's quite a few different bottles on the table I'm looking at a few of them here what, 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 are, you, what are you showcasing what's been popular what can people what have people enjoyed sure um, so at Annandale we produce two different kinds of spirit peated spirit which is about 40 ppm after production and unpeated spirit so what we've got with us today is we've got a double oaked cask. Now, this is a bourbon cask from uh, Kentucky, of course. It's from the Woodford Reserve Distillery. Um, and it's from their whiskey range, double oaked. So they mature half the whiskey for half the time in a charred cask and half the time in a toasted cask. We fill the toasted casks. They caramelize the, the wood sugar, so it gives it a really buttery, toffee, uh, well, where there's original sort of quality and it, that matches really well with the Annandale orchard fruit style so it's apples and pears and toffee like it's fantastic is it, is it like the kind of whiskey your grandpa would have given you when you were wee then if you're it's a Werther's original flavour not my grandpa sadly wasn't that cool <laughs> <laughs> um, then we've got the uh, Oloroso sherry but these are properly old Oloroso sherry butts they're not just the hogsheads that are seasoned and then sent to Scotland these have been working in Spain for a really long time and then come straight to Annandale and that's why you can see under the light it's got yeah. a really gorgeous dark colour it's only six years old really? Mm -hmm. that colour as well yeah wow and then, of course, we've got the same on the other side, but it's peated malt. Peated, yeah. Absolutely. And now, we brought a sneaky, sneaky one along as well. Uh, our Storyman. I'm the most proud of this one. And it's not to say I'm not proud of the rest, but I'm the most proud of this one because when I take this along to my whiskey friends and I don't tell them what it is, I just pour them a glass, they can't tell it's a blend. Really? Yeah. It's, um, it's made with James Cosmo. I'm sure you'll know James Cosmo from uh, Game of Thrones and Highlander and all that stuff. Um, he is a lovely, lovely man. And he came to the distillery. 
he had our whiskey. He called the manager the next day and said, I want to make a whiskey. It took three years because he's incredibly busy. And we just launched it this year. And I'm really proud of it because it's fantastic. Wow. Now, we've been asking everybody, putting you on the spot a little bit here. We're coming up to the end of the year. New Year in 2024, but we're looking back. What has been your dram of 2023? Um, one of my favourite drams, I'm going to have to say Storyman. I know it's my own brand and that's really cheeky, but I'm genuinely really proud of this because it's excellent. And I think James deserves it to do very well because he's the loveliest man. I've hummed and hawed in my head while I've been talking to you and I actually think I might say Star Wars and I know it's not Scottish, but I think, if my memory serves me right, it was a portwood, I, portwood finish I had, and that was fantastic. It could have been because I was in a campfire, it was a lovely romantic place on Loch Lomond, but I think that adds to the character of the whiskey anyway. It's who you drink it with and where you drink it with, so I'll pick that just for the experience of drinking it. Well, brilliant. Listen, thank you very much, and well done today. You've made it. You're, you're finally getting to put your feet up. Are you back in tomorrow? Back in tomorrow. Back in tomorrow, but I'm sure you'll be able to enjoy a few drams this evening before you get back into work tomorrow morning. Oh, no, I would never, never. I have to be perky tomorrow morning. <laughs> Sometimes a wee whiskey at breakfast might help you. No, of course not, David Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> right, OK, thank you very much. Have a great night. Oh, Cheers, you thank, too, you. thank you. Well, Angus, <laughs> it's, uh, it's now gone... Um, <clears throat> it's just coming up for half past six. We were on the 10 to 2 tour, um, or 10 past 2 tour, sorry, I should say. And we've just left the, the Scottish Whiskey Experience. What a fantastic way to spend an afternoon. Yeah, that was an absolutely brilliant afternoon. I'm not sure if we quite overstayed our welcome or not, but um, no, uh, we had a great time at the Scottish Whiskey Experience. Uh, you know, the tour was enjoyable, but at, at the time when we were doing it, we were just champing at the bit to get to the uh, get to the room that had the fair in it and and what 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 a lineup they had some great great conversations that you've just heard with people uh, everybody was really really friendly i think we managed to get around everybody apart from the uh, isla rassi distillery but uh, they they were away <laughs> by the time we had finished recording wrapping up with everyone else so um, we'll just have to try Isla Rassi another time i think absolutely no i mean i think it, it has to be said we've talked about it on the show before We've mentioned about how, you know, we we've lived in Edinburgh for a fair bit of time. We're 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 lucky enough to be located in a place where we can go into pubs and bars in Edinburgh that have more whiskey collections than than most around the world. And yet we've never really ventured into what we would probably have thought was a bit of a tourist trap on the Royal Mile. There were a lot of tourists. There was a lot of people visiting. But I tell you what, what an experience that is. Uh, the immersiveness they've just redone it you know the the technology that's been used and and the 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 experience the engagement and the immersiveness of the tour really is fantastic isn't it yeah it's great and i mean the thing i would say graham is that you know if you're somebody abroad and you're coming to scotland it's certainly a place that you can visit and go for the tour i'd recommend it but if you're somebody that's a bit more local scotland based maybe you know, you know what a mash ton is. Um, come, come along and come to the bar because um, they have a great, you know, they have a great selection of whiskey. And the one thing that we heard throughout the night was people complimenting the place, complimenting the pricing of the whiskey and the variety. So, um, no, just a thoroughly enjoyable afternoon. Well, I mean, I have to say, I mean, like you've just said, you know, we are the frugal Scots after all. But it says it says a lot in the sense that when you go to uh, when you go to Edinburgh City Centre, you go into the Royal Mile, it's very, very difficult to find reasonably priced whiskey. But yet, as we've talked about on the, on the, on the, on the show before, 
you know, the Scotch whisky experience is owned and run by the Scottish whisky industry, which means that they're not here to try and not rip people off, but they don't put big markups on their whisky or anything like that. So it's not just the collection and the selection of whisky. It's also, you know, the the value that you're getting for that. Yeah, and that's absolutely right. I mean, the end of the day, that 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 institution that's there to promote the industry, it's there to get people that maybe have never, you know, tried too much whiskey, maybe don't even <laughs> really know beyond a bottle of Johnny Walker what a bottle of whiskey is. So it, it's absolutely there to kind of open people's minds. And um, you know, I think in Scotland. Um, Sometimes people will think that the national sport is fleecing tourists, but uh, no, you won't find much of that going on uh, on the Royal Mile at the Scottish Whisky Experience. And of course, highlight of the day, Angus, is you've you've seen firsthand for the first time since uh, the last time you visited Japan, you've seen the bottle of Haddington House that is nicely placed in that huge collection that they've got that Diageo bought from a lad in Brazil. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, a slightly older bottle than uh, I think the one I saw out there. Um, uh, <laughs> but absolutely, it's, you know, proof that I wasn't dreaming. It does exist. Haddington House, uh, my own hometown dram. Absolutely. Now, if I was to push you, was there anything in particular that stood out today or was it all... I mean, we, we tried so much whiskey to be honest. I'm amazed we're able to walk back and speak coherently at the moment. But was there anything that stood out for you today? Yeah, I mean, we tried some absolutely fantastic whiskey. I mean, um, finished the night on uh, new bottling from the uh, Glenmore guys. It was a, 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 Leith, a Leith blended, 10-year-old blended malt. Uh, bl- sorry, start again. 10-year-old blend. Um, really, really tasty. But the highlight for me, we were given... Uh, an, uh, an Aberlauer uh, Aberfeldy, sorry that was um, finished for the last 17 months of match. it was a 9 year old for the last 17 months it was in uh, Scottish oak casks it was, it was really delicious, really really tasty and also a notable mention would be for the lag, it was a 3 year old uh, 3 and a half year old lag uh, and it was uh, smoky uh, Isle of Arran stuff in um, Oloroso casks, it was really really nice really tasty, it, did, it didn't taste its age at all well Angus I mean what a way to spend an afternoon between Christmas and New Year and for anyone's listening I hope you had a fantastic Christmas I hope you had a fantastic New Year the Whiskey Stories podcast has only just started don't forget if you are listening and you do like what we're coming out with and you do like the, the nonsense that we sometimes speak then give us a like give us a share keep the pod going pass it on grow the podcast so we can keep doing what we're doing Angus it's been an absolute pleasure I couldn't have thought of any better way to finish the year Happy New Year, Graham. Happy New Year.